Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rodden Stuff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George, the Martin Kells River, alongside the chapelies of St. Mark and St. Monica. I am Lindsay Shooters, your host, on this exploration of faith during this time of continued crisis, and I am joined as always by the director of our parish, my co-host, the Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman, who has been a naughty boy, I didn't even think he could do this, but you changed the prayer for Africa. Firstly, why? <laughs> Secondly, isn't that like a diocesan thing? <laughs> You're only picking it up now. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself. I, I must admit that I was looking to find a way in which when I was when I was planning the, that particular, I think it was uh, was it earlier on in August, yeah, mm. when I was planning to um, to put that in, I was looking for a sense in which I could bring in, you know, not just Africa, but the whole world. Mm-hmm. And there were th- was words that had come up um, from that I've been using now in the prayers, actually, where, where, we, where I say at the pastoral prayers, Jesus said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Or another translation says, I will refresh you. And that word refreshment stood in my mind. And then I just started composing this and it just flowed in, in that way. Okay. And, um, and I mean, I, I took the, the, the liberty of, what do they call it? Um, uh, writers, what? Um, uh, creative license. Use your liberty to to creative license, yeah. And um, I'm I'm sure that the original author of the God Bless Africa prayer, uh, Bishop Trevor Huddleston, Archbishop Trevor Huddleston, would not turn in his grave, uh, but but at least see somebody's making an attempt to grow what he started. Okay. Um, and I must say, I mean, and I look at it every time, and I read it, and I say. It sounds to be quite, I don't know how people will read, be able to recite it like they do with the God Bless Africa prayer, because that you can almost recite that of your head. Yes. But um, I hope that people could learn to, to, to do this. This is not the first time I've, I've attempted this. I've done it in another in another setting. And um, it was actually it was actually taken overseas to a parish in England. Oh, well done. Uh, so the new wording um, goes. God refresh Africa and all the world, protect and grow our children, convict with justice and truth all our leaders, and fill all hearts with your peace. For Jesus Christ's sake, amen. So the old one was God bless Africa, guide our leaders, God our children, guide our leaders, and, and give, give us, us peace. peace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I like I like the, the, the riff on it. I like this convict with justice and truth because it's it's almost like an oxymoron um, where you're convicting someone with justice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I appreciated uh, um, just when, they, when those words flowed to me, I thought, you know, this was something I could. In fact, that was also part of the narrative of Scripture somewhere along the line mm. that I picked up this whole thing of conviction. Um, and I think that's what what brought it into the frame, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. So the theme you have extracted for this, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, 
and the last Sunday of the month of compassion. I think I may have mentioned last week that it was the last one, but this is the last, last one. <laughs> so if you can just bear with me, sometimes I get it wrong too. Uh, the theme <laughs> you have extracted is, I'm just going to use the second half of it, um, inspired to show the humility of Christ, or at least you, as you have intended, walk in the path of Christ, inspired to show the humility of Christ. And you are drawing a lot from the collect, uh, which is there's a line that goes call us to walk the path of christ humility and inspire us to show christ's hospitality so we speak a lot about or at least i speak a lot about with my judgmental tone about how christians don't really a lot of christians most christians i'll say most christians most of you listening uh don't walk the path of christ as me an outsider um who is a a fallen christian <laughs> tries to see it because I see like the, the path of Christ and the, the ministry of Jesus as the central doctrine to which everyone everyone who says they are Christian must subscribe and I'm very black and white in my view about that I, I get very um, binary when it comes to certain things like that uh, in your experience is that a true statement that I have just made I, I think, you know, um, humility in Scripture is seen as a characteristic of, of Jesus mm. and as well as a fruit of the Spirit. So it's quite obvious that a fallen humanity um, would have traces of, of, of that potentials within them because we created in the image of God uh, and we are God-breathed, as it were. Mm. So... I I would assume that you know when one has a word in the vocabulary, one has a sense of what one is called to do, and one reads that word in the context of scripture and in the life. We begin to see that that kind of uh, thing is possible. However, because we are very defensive, because we are we are about surviving any context we encounter. Um, our defense mechanisms quite often lead to uh, creating a, the wall, you called it earlier, on a wall of enmity mm. uh, to protect myself. Uh, uh, even, even if it's, there's no violent, um, violent threats or, or, or weapons around. And it also then extends itself to arrogance. And I think that in, in our Christian life, because it would seem as if we're often having, and I put in inverted commas, defend the faith. Uh, maybe that's not the word I, I think, we, because we're defending, it's a warlike term. And yeah. a warlike term brings around warlike um, a vocabulary. And warlike vocabulary means that in order to defend myself, I often have to seek for the gap in order to attack the other person to put the other one down and in recent time i have heard much more arrogance coming out of our mouths as christians mm. rather than um the challenge to live what we are claiming uh rather than um then you know and i wonder whether we are called if we are called to be witnesses witnesses have about it um uh, the, the word the word for witness is very close to martyr. 
Mm. Um, so, so, so martyr has a sense of, you know, I'm witnessing for the faith, I'm willing to die for the faith, but I'm not willing, but I'm witnessing even to the person who may want to silence me, who may want yeah. to kill me. Do I do that in an arrogant way or in the spirit of humility as Jesus did? Now, there's sometimes an occasion when we need to speak truth to power. I mean, people are going to argue that at least once in the narrative of the gospel, Jesus got very angry with those whom he understood as abusing the temple. Now, what, what was he trying to do there? Was he saying that sometimes to beat people up is a good idea if they're not listening to you? Is that a form of corporal punishment? Or, or did Jesus, um, I mean, he, he, he drove them out. So we're not sure how many of their bodies he, 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 he beat up. But he certainly made them understand there is a sense of righteous anger. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do know that this also probably leads to the whole question of the just war theory. Mm. Uh, and I know that in, uh, just how many centuries do we have to keep were we needing to keep bowing down to the unfair practice created by apartheid yeah because something in a moment you know the only difference that you citing between you and me is your is the color of our skin now mm. it's not my fault and i'm this color and it's not your fault you that color mm. so why did you have to choose that? and then of course you you shrouded in it in in, in, in the Bible, whatever way you interpreted it, but you also shrouded in with legislation. So that sort of meant I needed to stand up and fight out against this, yeah. but how did I fight? So the just war theory came into, because into that I know Bishop David Russell was, was, an, was an ardent uh, uh, voice for that because of, you know, what, what would the political parties needed to do with at the time or the opposition not the opposition parties the freedom fighters needed to do at that time so where in all of this is this call to humility and is humility a sign of weakness um do, do i need to arrogantly profess the faith or do i just have to accept i am discerning what i believe god is saying to me and i'm sharing it with others but I'm seeking that what I believe may be the truth for me, I, my life, as mm. a witness. And I do so without force, no judgment on other people. But there has been a rise in Christian, the, 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 in arrogance amongst Christians. Yeah. And, and, and it speaks to yeah. uh, some a point that I was trying to, uh, that I wanted to make, I intend to make, sorry. <laughs> Um, in my notes here on the gospel, which is according to Luke chapter 14, verses 1, and then 7 to 14. So it starts on one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath. They were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. So in this whole parable of the banquet, where he's now telling people that you also mustn't invite your wealthy friends, uh, because if you intend 
for that invitation to be reciprocated. Um, but you must invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. So again, it's this this glamorization of of humility. It's almost like humility porn um, to the point where a lot of Christians will internalize this and be like, "Cool, if I am if I am humble, um, you know, that's the way to heaven," sort of thing. That's walking the Christ path. But then reality happens and. Um, I'm in the Middle East at the moment. I am I am in, in the UAE, and there's a lot of wealth around here. And at breakfast this morning at the hotel, there was a lot of wealth. And there was a group of women who were the typical kind of glamour, glamour girls, and they were gossiping about somebody. And it's like they're not being humble at all but also <laughs> it's not like their wealth will be diminished because of their boastfulness or all of those sorts of things uh, remember i i don't subscribe to uh, i don't profess to be a christian so i can be judgy <laughs> if i want to be so i'm just making that judgment call so is there a disconnect between this idea this arrogance um of this idea that that kind of jesus wants you to be a certain way and then you Make yourself humble. And doesn't that also make you a little bit meek and then more accepting of, of power structures um, who who like to exploit those kinds of philosophies? That was a lot I know. You know, I, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not so sure what, um, if I can make myself humble, I can no. ask for myself to be taught what humility is in every context that I go and and learn, um, you know, that the opposite of, of humility is pride. It is probably about my ego. And my ego is not often keen to talk about just who I am but talks about who I am in relation to what I have. And so when Jesus says, but you give a banquet, invite, he was, I believe, changing the mindset of how better a community can work. If you have, if you can, can do a, a banquet, then it means you have some means uh, some extra change mm. that, and a banquet is 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 not just a party; it's a grand party. Yeah. So so when you have wealth, when you have that level of wealth, and you seek to follow the Christian way, who should you share that with? Should it be what the philosophy in the world is? If you invite the wealthy, the wealthy will invite you. Mm. But but the the way society is structured is that there is a there's a there's a there's, a, there's a, there are many people for whatever reasons <coughs> either because of the systems of the world or by choice uh, end up without any benefit any inclusion uh, and we have now sadly words like. Um, uh, uh, marginalized people, disenfranchised yeah. people, yeah. and 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 so Jesus was saying, don't 
don't think about how you will do things if you have been blessed in a particular way. And that the blessings are not when you share your wealth with other people's wealth that you will now be included into their group, which means you've really done nothing. But if you help another person just have an experience of of inclusion, no matter what their circumstances are, you can start changing the mindset of society. Yes, there will be wealthy people, there will be poor people, there will be healthy people, and there will be crippled people and lame people. So how do you how do you come alongside them and 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 share your humanity? in a way that through the act of humility, through the act of generosity to those who cannot give you back equal to what you have in um, material things, but the benefit of shared humanity, of, 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 of being able to listen to their view of life will so far more enrich you that maybe gives you a different perspective how you should be using your wealth if that's what you you are able to do. Um, so I think Jesus was changed mindsets of people. And when he said, when you, who was he speaking to? Was he speaking just to the people who followed him? Because this message got out there. Um, he wasn't saying don't have banquets. He was saying, if you have the opportunity to have banquets, be inclusive. Share what you have, um, and that means you are learning how to be humble. Um, because because wh- whether you like it or not, people who have wealth broker to find favor with others who are wealthy. Yes. Um, because yeah. they also feeling out because your wealth may be just a little more than my, than mine. I mean. Come on, Lindsay. I've never driven in, in uh, fl- flown in in, in 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 business class yet. You have, so you better off than I am. You know what I mean? That kind of <laughs> by far not. <laughs> <that> kind of, <laughs> but but you see, it's it's shifting the mindset and also realizing that we are called to help our brothers and sisters in less fortunate circumstances, and to do that, we have to be learning the spirit of humility. In other words, you know, was the words in Job correct? And we use this at funeral service. We brought nothing into the world. And we take nothing out. And then it says, blessed be the name of the Lord. So what are we meant to do with what happens in between those two uh, realities of our lives? And when we mm. are drawn into a world where there's accumulation of stuff um, and all of that, at the end of the day, because of the mindset of selfishness and power and everything it comes with, we're going to leave others out of the story. Jesus is saying, that's not how my kingdom works. See if you can do better yeah. than what the world does. Bring into the frame those have nothing. There's a, there's, I'm in touch with a gentleman in the parish this week, and they are working now on, um, I don't know if they, do they call it low-cost housing in established areas? Uh, Most mixed of the income housing. Mixed income. 
So yes. low, the, that, the low-cost housing was always just in township areas and yeah. in the backyards of people who already had property. Because it was council property, they, that kind of stupidity was forced upon them. I know, for example, when I worked in Lotus River, many of the people and their, their generations had followed have roots in in, 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 in Kirstenbosch. And they related to the little chapel up there, the Church of the Good Shepherd. Hmm. And, and they've been fighting forever for um, for recognition that they were born there, can hmm. claim property. But those who have huge places of wealth uh, were resistant to it. Uh, there is a designated area now, but if you equate 22,000 Rand or the plot, yeah, what kind of piece of ground are you going to that way to the others? Yeah. They work to a sense where the world is just around them. And anybody who wants to disturb that world, now they can use their money to fight you out. Security people, police, lawyers, whatever else it is. Is that really the world we are called to live in and the world we are called to create? Or is it a world in which we must learn to be as inclusive as possible? Yes, some of us may be able to accumulate wealth, but the purpose of that is to also help those who cannot help themselves. I mean, a crippled person, a lame person, a person who's born mm. in poverty, a person was born blind. Do we just leave them along the road? And if we are called to work amongst them, which I believe we are. What kind of spirit mindset should we have? And humility is the one we are called to. I like I like this idea of of using your platform to advocate for equality and to be an ally of the unequal. I walked down a path and I couldn't save myself from there. <laughs> um, so so yes, I, I, I understand that. I, I can see how you're reading into that. It's a very, very ministerial response <laughs> that you have given. Um, and and, and I, I can accept that. But then like the, the other readings are kind of like in odds with that. So Jeremiah chapter 2 verses 4 to 13 is talking about um, the Lord turning against Israel again. Um, uh, where is that piece now? I brought them into fertile land to enjoy its harvest and its other, and its other good things, but instead they ruined my land. They defiled the country I had given them, and the priests did not ask where is the Lord. My own priests did not know me. The rulers rebelled against me. The prophets spoke in the name of Baal and worshipped useless idols. So I, the Lord will state my case against my people again. I will bring charges against their descendants. So now it's like, again, you have the, the conflict between the all-knowing, the omnipotent, and the omniscient God. And now suddenly this all-knowing being is upset that the people that, like, you knew how this was going to turn out. Right. So, like, how do you present this passage? Because on the one hand, you're talking about what Jesus was saying about using your platform to be an advocate and an ally. And now you have a God which kind of sits above Jesus in the hierarchy. And now this God in this passage is, is not being an ally or an advocate 
um, and is just kind of like <laughs> turning on people. Well, you know, if 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 let me put it like this: through the prophets, God speaks God's mind, and God shows God's heart. Hmm. When you when when what you do for people and hope that they will build on that in a um, partnership with you, which is what the covenant was. And they literally now choosing to embrace what was oppressing them before, mm. that they themselves have become the oppressors to others. Then are you meant to just keep quiet and perhaps go and look for another people? Or is God, because of God's faithfulness to them and the covenant God had made, taking seriously, and that word there, even though I rescued them? Mm. When, when, people, when people just betray that, um, are, are we not meant to speak out against it? Now, it's very interesting that central to this passage is the, the covenanted people are a community. That, that is called into a worship relationship with God. Mm -hmm. uh, you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. Now it's in the act of worship of God that your priesthood is grown, shaped, formed, developed, um, um, transformed to adjust to, to the challenges of 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 the context which you're living in you your the holy nation has to have a way about it that um, resembles what god means for his world how does that nation become unlike all mm. other nations a nation of hope mm. in the context of the world now they betray all of that and become what what that covenant which they entered into with God, um, they, they 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 uncovenanted themselves by the virtue of their life. So for me, um, God raises uh, these concerns. Perhaps one would say in a very harsh way, mm. but then how long has He been struggling to get them to hear what He has to say? Um, and is 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 it harsh in when you speak your heart where you disappointed? Is it harsh when you tell the truth from your heart about how this breakup is happening and what it is doing to you? And then when you reflect upon it, for example, and, and I like that statement for that's the central of worship is very, very central in terms of everything that that we do as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And and so you choose to worship worthless idols. And in choosing to worship worthless idols, you, the covenanted people, the rescued people, the holy nation and priesthood of God, that's supposed to be. Uh, showing your worthfulness have now yourselves become worthless. Mm. So not even a benefit to the nations around you because you've chosen to become like them. 
there the hope of the other nations lay in your taking seriously this covenant so the covenant was not just meant for the people got covenanted with it but for the for the benefit of the whole world for the way in which the world and all nations should 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 become now you have priests at the center of of the community leaders in that time they were probably not just leaders in the temple but also of the you know the 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 commandment as uh, had to be lived out every day so they were leaders of the community and when the people when the priests are not playing their role when we've abdicated and and we've just become like for example i was listening to some 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 extracts from 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 uh, i i this one particular thing focused on um what happens on a sunday morning yeah. and this particular going on is congregation not buying him um a mabida watch that they promised him last year and okay. so he's saying you are poor and you are broke now where in all of that is the gospel um should that should our call not be in the whole act of worship that's why we continuously at the at the at the at the at the very start of our worship say the lord be with you and then we say at the eucharistic prayer the lord is here when we when we read the gospel we are reading the gospel not just reading it but we are emphasizing it's read here where god is with us sharing this moment with us um enable in enabling us to be to be formed and shaped by this incredible message um that is portrayed in the life of 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 his son jesus christ whom at the transfiguration we the disciples were asked to listen to and so so when priests on are, are not fulfilling what they call is and you know we can easily be the the road it will be caught up with many projects mm. of all kinds of stuff but but when our worship is is lacking when we do not ask that specific question where is the lord and and we we do not celebrate his presence that god is in the midst of us the lord is here god is in his word hear what the word of the lord and god is speaking as we discern what he's speaking through the readings and then at the eucharist god is in the giving of himself to us in that um, sacrament of body and blood and then god is when we go into the world we go to love and it to we go in the name of christ in peace to love and serve the lord so right through the question is being the question is being asked and addressed where is the lord is with us is here in each of these moments but when we do not ask that when the focus is not on where god is um you know when the tsunami happened was it in 2000 never forget the broad headlines in the in the, in the argus was where was god when all of this happened um you know and i thought it was very interesting that that was now suddenly a question at that 
moment of crisis when life was lost and the world was turned upside down. Um, and, and, and many of us on safer shores were saying, but for the grace of God, go I, could also have been caught up there. Um, why was it important to ask at that moment, where is the Lord? Why does yeah. he only have yeah. to be asked when there's crisis? Why, when there's ongoing crisis, the poor, the lame, the needy, um, I brought them into fertile lands, but they've ruined it. Mm. You know, where was where was God when you chose to ruin it? Why didn't you ask about that? So I think this is a very relevant passage in that it speaks to us of the heart of God. And he's really, he's, 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 he weeps about what his people have done and what they are becoming. Uh, you kind of jumped the gun there because uh, in Sorry, between, brother. no worries, uh, in between, because it's, it's good that we're on the same wavelength, in between the the Jeremiah passage and this portrayal of this this kind of jealous and vengeful God who's now tired of, of the covenanted people's stuff. Almost said a bad word. Um, and then between and then this whole idea of, of humility is this Hebrews chapter one, uh, chapter 13, verses one to eight. I'm gonna bring you down to verse five, which is keep your lives free from the love of money and be satisfied with what you have. So in parentheses, humble yourself. Um, for God has said, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. Let us be bold in and say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? So a lot of people will use this kind of passage and as, as the armor against like the world. And unfortunately, the world can do a lot to you. <laughs> Because you are dependent, like money is oxygen um, in the world as it is set up right now. If you do not have money, you do not live to the same levels as like everybody else. Money allows you to have more freedom, have more free time, have more ownership over your own time, ownership of your property, have more stability in your life. And then you can be free of like the stresses that can really, really erode someone's humanity. Uh, so how do you then, in the times of strife, in the times of crisis, how do you as a priest maintain the faith and then rejuvenate or refresh the faith within your, your flock? Sorry that I called them the flock. <laughs> Let me say that, you know, into every parish that you go and work, mm. the issue of um, the fiscal reality of the congregation is looked upon, and the word that they use is, is the parish financially viable? Yeah. So in other yeah. words, um, if the church has advocated for, for full-time clergy persons who do not have a job or another career path they're relying on for their for their day-to-day living costs, then it's the church's responsibility who would want somebody of that nature to be able to support um, that. And of course, we live on the generosity of the people. Yeah. We are paid a stipend, we're given a house, we are blessed with uh, the utilities that are paid by, by the church, we're given a travel allowance. Uh, in 
And of course, now people are asking questions because when a priest retires after so many years, mm-hmm. do they retire into poverty or do they retire um, in, in a kind of a middle class life they've always been used to because now the responsibilities of covering costs are more reliant on whatever pensions they get out. And reasonable people will realize on a humanitarian level, there's got to be fairness. Yeah. So we, we mm-hmm. are like, we, you're right, we, we cannot, we cannot, um, the, the world is so constructed that we'll be forced to ensure we have money. I remembered uh, when, when, when watches were going over to becoming mechanized by the, its life is dependent on a battery now, not on white being wound up. Yeah, I was very resistant because I realized that as soon as I bought a watch that now needed a battery, I was going to be in a consumer mode for the rest of the lifespan of that watch. <laughs> yeah. as well. I was resistant because I thought, you know, if I resist, maybe I'd be I'd overcome that mindset. But, but then, the watchmakers were no longer needed on the level that they were needed when you had wind-up watches to service the watches that you mm. did have. Mm. So the world was beginning to consumerize the nations. But look at the benefits you are reaping from it. No. You, you no, get more accurate timepieces and that do not require constant maintenance. I, now, I understand that. The thing is that I was resistant at the time. I was <laughs> resistant because I, I did not want to be a consumer. So what, what is the this the the, the 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 text doesn't say we must not have money it says don't love money now what does mm. loving money mean and of course yeah the whole prosperity gospel thing comes in yeah because for the prosperity gospelists it's if you have money that's the sign of your faith yes here it says don't let the love of money. So, you know, one is is saying money must be used, but how do we use it? Money is needed, but how is it needed? Um, uh, and, and, and yes, of course, you must be responsible about it because it now equates to lifestyle. It equates to your, pen, your pensionable life. It mm. equates to projects mm. in the church. Uh, if you're having buildings, how do you look after those buildings? You've got to clean them, for example. So what does the ch- what does the church need to teach about money? And I mean, unfortunately, prosperity cults have gone away with it because the tithing system for them became such an, a, a huge amount of income. Yeah. Those same pastors are yeah. saying they sorry they they didn't teach the tithing properly, but they're wealthy. They they flying jets and private jets and all of that. <laughs> kind of stuff. So so do not lose the perspective that. Because look, even even when you have money, you worry that you don't have enough. Hmm. That's what happens if you have money. You see what it can use. I mean, I worked in Fishhook, for example. I could see what having money meant to people. I used to to listen to a friend of mine who's a priest today, and he would do the you know what's his name, the finances of people and so on. And there was always that concern that even though I have fifty million in my account. If I lose two cents to the drop in one or other stock, then yeah. I'm worried because it's not the 50 million. And, and, and he would often say, don't worry, your money's going to outlive you because some people have accumulated so much. Uh, and now, if you worried about your money, then where is your focus? Mm. Why 
I now having so much money becomes uh, uh, not freeing, as you said earlier, it becomes a burden because you're worrying if you have enough. So at the end of the day, who are we meant to lean on? And as the central core of our, of our being, of our helping, helps us then to manage things that must be managed. The Lord is my helper. I will therefore not be afraid. Will I have enough tomorrow? I must make everything possible with God's help to prepare for today <laughs> and as much as I can for tomorrow. Yeah. I must be wise. Um, but I must not allow greed to become the source of my um, of my downfall, which has happened to many people. And uh, and I think we need a balanced view of this. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, if I want to be as as a, um, I don't know if it's a radical or fundamentalistic, I don't know. But you know, I I I have had the privilege to to bury people. And I can promise you, nobody has asked me to put their bank book into the coffin with them. Nobody's asked me to burn up the house and take the ashes and push it with theirs. You you have to live, but you have to also live in such a way that at some time you must let it go. So mm. don't let that control, but know that you have a responsibility of how to utilize it. And it's the starting point for me. There's the Lord's my helper. And so I develop a good career. I earn good money. I can buy a house here. Fine. All of those things are good, but don't lose sight of who enabled you as people of faith. Uh, that God is the one who helps us through through these, through these, through various means. We are you you don't earn money all by yourself. Others are part of that, even the person who sweeps the streets. Uh, so I'll, I'll push back a little bit on that. Um, I'll, I'll say, because uh, a lot of people will say the Lord's my helper. And like the, the idea of the Lord's help is, is deeply problematic, where it's like there isn't something, as my son says, <laughs> God isn't sitting there playing with us like little toys, you know. Because if you believe that, then you have to reevaluate everything <laughs> that you, you also simultaneously believe. Um, so, like, for me, that, that help then is living a Christian life, um, a Christ-like life, is more about how you treat others around you. And it's that residual kindness that latent kindness that as my wife says is reciprocated as uh, what you put out is what you get back that sort of thing um that is is the help so it's never like you still put in the work like you are not being blessed like you need to work and reap the fruits of your labor you know and yeah, it's 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 just it's just this 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 concept of the Lord enabling you, where it's like it's more the values that Jesus was living and teaching is more the thing, you know. Let me put it in perspective for you. I mean, where else am I going to get the breath in my body to breathe? 
um, That's with a my different body's with my, No, it's not a different argument because everything I do depends on that. Where do I get that from? Where do I get the ability to use the brain God has given me? And why, why are we so different? You can accumulate a set of facts from one particular source of, 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 of information, and I have struggled with that. But I then develop a, a, my, my, my focus in, in another field uh, that are hopefully complementary uh, mm. to make the world a better place. The utilization of my body, um, the ability to eat, the, the food that we gain from there, um, the, you know, um, I mean, I've never ceased to ask God to help me in a situation before the situation with wisdom. Uh, when there's difficulties, you know, I, I, I'm already angry when I'm told about it. How do I, how do I, I work through that in order not to be angry when I have to deal with it uh, face to face? So there are a lot of things there that suggest to me that uh, uh, I need God, that God is my helper and that I lean on him for that. Of course, I am going back to the tools, that the sort of the toys your child said. The fact that he's playing with those toys, making the toy do what the toy does, uh, enabling the toy to be a way in which in my simplistic, perhaps childish way of looking at it, the hand of the creator on the created. Uh, yes, the created does what the creator does, chooses to do what the creator chooses. But the hand of the almighty, the hand of the creator is still there. Um, seeking to hold us up and it's just the words the lord is my help is recognition of this and also we live in a world where um without lots of thinking about it we conjure up a whole lot of paranoia and fear hmm. we just hear the siren um so so um we 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 see that inflation is rising what impact will that have on us and it brings up fear, first and foremost, before we sit down and say, how are we going to get through this? What impact is this going to have on us so we can work this through? Do I have to get rid of my car or all that kind of stuff? So so in, in all of this, I believe as one who is who believes in God, the, the, the rescue, if I go back to the Old Testament word, he assists, God assists me with all of that and God assists me through people like yourself because you help me with in conversation with with a perspective I may not have mm. and I'm assisted to grow my perspective and that gives me courage to take it on so yes I do believe the pool of of assistance is out there okay we will agree to disagree on that one <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah this has been because you you're stepping into into our, our, our usual, um, <laughs> the usual tender to the flames <laughs> between us, which is the idea of <laughs> grace. <laughs> um, and and, and that being shrouded in mystery. And we will forever tussle over that. But yeah, uh, I, 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 I still stand firm with, 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 with my interpretation of, of that kind of kindness and living those values as kind of more should get more emphasis than than this concept of of a a creator, the hand of the creator, you know. Uh, because again, I, I go back to that Jeremiah passage. It's like, dude, you're supposed to be all knowing. You are the alpha and the omega. Like, 
everything that's happening that you are getting upset about, you knew was going to happen. Like in 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 a world without free will, in a world with, that's run by God's will, by God's plan, like we should not have an understanding of of that being being caught by surprise. You know, that was very clever that I did this. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Have you ever heard of a terminology like this? Look, we 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 give we we use our own words to interpret who God is. Yeah. And um, I must admit to you that um, you know the emphasis of God being all knowing. I don't have an mm-hmm. issue with that. But I've also understood that God, in the all knowingness of God, mm-hmm. and the om- omnipotence of God is that God takes risks, hoping for the better outcome, but often the better outcome does not come, now has to deal with an outcome that is not always uh, conducive to what he may have planned. So he then works with us on that level as well. But that, That's that, why creation... That is in conflict with the idea of, of desi- divine design. The, the design is designed on risk. Ooh, <laughs> we're gonna sit another hour on this one. So I'm gonna... because you see, if 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 God is all knowing and the design is of such a nature, we would actually become robotic. We're not robotic. We were created to be in fellowship with God, and there's always going to be a risk that, given the fact that we can choose, we may not choose God. The well, you see, pro- the, that the, is the again prophecy, just. That's human arrogance trying to elevate ourselves over all other living creatures and things to put ourselves on the same no. level as, as the creator. No, but I'm not on the I'm not at the same level of creation. I mean, God has a wonderful relationship in all of creation. I'm I'm talking from I mean I'm not so sure I can talk from a plant's perspective. Yeah, but you saying that but I can you were created to be in fellowship with God. So intellectually, you are yes, equating yourself is, to God. No, it's it's a way of communication, a way of relating, isn't it? Yeah, which requires a I certain mean, intellectual parity. How do I relate to a flower? Yeah, how do I relate to a flower? Except to see its beauty, to acknowledge its beauty. Maybe if I have the guts public to say how beautiful this is, and in a way to care and preserve that beauty so mm-hmm. that it's with me day by day. Is the plant responding by showing me every morning how it opens up? I don't know. Um, it's not about equating. It's about relationship for me. It's about, you know, who is God to me? Who am I to the grass? Uh, who am I to God? You know, I mean, you have people that just throw things out of the window to litter, for example. Yeah. Um, I have an issue with that. I get angry with that kind of behavior. Why? Because I care about creation. Uh, um, care that uh, you know the earth is not going to be doing what it's 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 it's, it's currently doing. Um, but look, none of what I'm saying is 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 in such a way unchallengeable. It has to be yeah. challenged so that I can. And 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 that is why I just love this quote from Fyodor Dostoevsky. That's how you say his name. The soul is healed by being with children, and children, I think, are the best teachers about many things. And it's mm. in children that we experience the gift of humility. I, I find myself, uh, I was in the car the other day, 
my wife was also away um, for work uh, this past week. Uh, so I was doing the school run and then my kids were asking me about Nelson Mandela. And then it was the question of, but why was he in prison? And then it's like, I kind of have to reevaluate all of my knowledge to then be able to interpret it to at the level where an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old can kind of understand. And it's like unpacking the entire idea of apartheid <laughs> and packaging it into <laughs> something that's relatable that also doesn't um, cause further divisions. Because this is also a, a little conflict that, that Monique and I have. is like my view of things. And yet, yeah. And yet it, their question has got such a profound quality about it as simplistic as you try to make the answer yeah <laughs> their question is a very profound question that you know even adults need to ask if we if we consider the history of south africa mandela plays a very essential role but so mm. does the unknown person who may not have been recognized throughout of yeah. the, the processes yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure Madiba would himself say, I'm no better than the person, I've done no greater things than the person whose whose deeds went unseen, unnoticed, mm. and unrecorded. But so in the biggest team of things, yes, Madiba, as a as a you know, the question the child asks is 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 beautiful and, and profound. Um you know, the child who comes up at two years old following the mother or the father holding up their hands to receive communion. The first objection we have is that, does the child not know they can't get this thing? But they will come up with this profound question, I also want. Mm. And we need to say, what is that all about? And do we, do we say no to them? Mm. Because they are seeing what's happening in their world. And they're asking questions about that world. And, and, and the fact that you could come down to saying, I need to answer this in a way that they can understand. Well, that's, that's also an assumption because we are journeying with our yeah. children. Uh, assumedly, we, are, we know a little bit. No, that's not, there's no guarantee of that. Uh, so, so you had to go through a whole level of processing to be able to say, this is how I will answer that child. Yes. Uh, but it's their question that's, that's of such a profound nature that maybe draws us to come a little down from wherever we think we are mm. uh, into their world and perhaps to again look at the world through the eyes of a child. I think that's one of the blessings of, 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 of life. Indeed. And I think I, I came up with the answer. So it was like the apartheid government deemed him a terrorist because he was fighting for freedom and equality for everybody. But then when he got the freedom, he had the freedom to forgive. Yeah. And that was something that I don't think I'd crystallized in my mind up until that point yet. But to answer your question, how do you relate to a flower? If I set both of you on fire, you will both just leave a pile of black dust. <laughs> and as you normally say, um, that was the most profound way to round off this beautiful conversation <laughs> of exploration. Yes, thank you very <laughs> much. As, 
in a very yeah. difficult time. <laughs> As always, the, the choice passages um, that we were reflecting on and the prayers will be in the podcast description. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Father, for another wonderful conversation. Thanks, Lindsay. It's my privilege to have been with you in another part of the world. Um, uh, through through the powers of the airwaves and thank you people for joining us let us know um, where we went wrong in our conversation and maybe put us right <laughs>